the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey With stories and songs just for kids We have a dramatized Bible story coming up So let's get today's program started By singing praises to our awesome God Immortal, invisible to deliver me.
awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing then in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Hezekiah died, and Manasseh, his son, reigned over Judah. <laughs> oh, no. What are we to do? We can't go on living like this forever, hiding in caves and every den like wild beasts. I know, dear, it's terrible, but God must have had some purpose in letting us suffer. God? Maybe it isn't God at all. Maybe it's because we refuse to bow down and worship the idols and gods that King Manasseh has set up. And if we were to worship the gods King Manasseh has placed in the temple Mommy. and do all the wicked and evil things he's commanded his subjects to do, we could go back to our homes and live off the fat of the land. But we would be disobeying the precepts of the one and only true God. He brought our fathers out of Egypt, established us here in Canaan. He has forsaken us even though we've been loyal to him and been faithful through all the persecution and cruel mockings of King Manasseh and his court. We're going to continue to be true and loyal to the God of Abraham and Isaac, even if necessary, unto death. Also, we're going to meet... I heard something. So did we. No use trying to escape. You are surrounded. (laughs) See? All around you are soldiers of King Manasseh, whom you speak so lightly of and disobey. Do you know what that means? Death, that's what it means. Unless you change your mind here and now and promise to obey King Manasseh and worship the national gods he has set up, we will remain true to our God. The king has ordered us to use our own judgment when we find any of these fugitives. The Lord God of Israel will bring judgment to Manasseh through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah? (laughs) He was one of the first to feel the force of his majesty's determination to rid Judah of the God of his father, Hezekiah. It was a beautiful execution. I was there and saw it. (laughs) How are we going to execute these three? Let's see now. (laughs) And Manasseh, Hezekiah's son, did much evil and profaned the name of the Lord God of Israel. Build again the altars and high places and images to the sun, moon, and stars that my father tore down. Place them throughout Judah, even in the temple, and order the people to bow down and worship them. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen. O Ashtoreth, goddess of all the earth, hear my plea and accept this burnt offering. May it please thee and cause thee to bring prosperity and happiness to me and my people. All right, high priest of the goddess Ashtoreth, Cast my sacrifice upon the altar of fire. Isaiah, the prophet of God, who for more than 50 years had helped and guided the people into the paths of righteousness, was dead, executed by the evil Manasseh. But God does not forget his people. He raised up other prophets. Manasseh was brought up in a good home, under good influence, 
Why has he changed? Uh, greed and pride lead to man's downfall. But Manasseh is worse than any of the kings in all the history of Judah and Israel. Mm. He's even worse than the kings of heathen nations. Mm. Why? Who can know but he himself and God? Since Isaiah is dead, it becomes our duty to warn Manasseh of the dangers ahead if he continues in his evil ways. And... And lose our lives? And lose our lives, if it be God's will and it serves his purpose. It is a dangerous mission upon which you have agreed to go. Nonetheless, I shall go, for above all I wish to serve the Lord God my Maker and thee, thou prophets of God. Go to the king, then, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of heaven, Because thou, O king hast done such abomination, and hast done wickedly above all before thee, and hast made Judah also to sin with thy idols. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Israel behold, behold, I am bringing such evil upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whosoever heareth of it, both his ears shall tingle, because thou, O king, hast done that which is evil in my sight, I shall deliver Jerusalem into the hands of the enemies, and the people shall become a prey and a spoil to the nations round about. Who sent you to me with this message of doom? The prophet of God. His name? You refuse to name this so-called prophet? Captain, take this man from my presence and have him stoned to death. Faithfully, the prophets continued their warnings and their exhortations. Fearlessly, they spoke directly to King Manasseh and to his people. But the messages were scorned. Backsliding Judah would not heed. Your Majesty, the Assyrian soldiers have entered Jerusalem. They make their way hither to take thee captive. Flee, I pray thee, before it's too late. Flee? Where to? And how? Out the back way, Your Majesty. Hide among the thorns and thistles in the valley, Kidron. But hurry, hurry! Assyrian soldiers? Ah, oh, so there you are. I found him, Captain, over here. So it is, King Manasseh himself, King of Judah. I have an arrow, Captain. I think it would fit exactly the heart of this evil man who calls himself King of Judah. No, he's too great a prize. He should go back with us to our king alive. <laughs> Bind him in chains and make him walk all the way to Babylon. <laughs> King of Judah, taken captive alive? Yes, Your Majesty. He awaits in the outer chamber, in chains. Cast him in prison. You'll see if the strange gods he brought to Judah are able to save him. <laughs> o God of my fathers, there is no good within me. Yet for the sake of thy people, save me from this dungeon and take me again to Jerusalem. And I shall break down the images and idols I have made and cause the people to again worship thee, the one and only true God. I humble myself before thee, O Lord, and acknowledge my sins and my wickedness. God heard the supplication of this wicked king and forgave him and brought him again to the throne of Jerusalem. And King Manasseh kept his word for he brake to pieces the idols and images and high places he had built. 
Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he is God. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. You're a sermon in shoes. Do you know, oh Christian, you're a sermon in shoes. Jesus calls upon you to spread the gospel news. So walk it and talk it, a sermon in shoes. Do you know the world is watching all that you do? Do you know the world is watching all that you do? Jesus calls upon you to spread the gospel news. And preach it a sermon in shoes. Do you know, oh Christian, you're a sermon in shoes? Do you know, oh Christian, you're a sermon in shoes? Jesus calls upon you to spread the gospel news. So walk it and talk it and teach it and preach it and live it and give it a sermon. Testing, testing. Okay, ready. Dear Diary, the teacher of my health class at school wants us to keep a record of what we do to stay healthy each day. So here goes. Today, I stood on the playground and breathed deeply six times, which some kids thought was kind of dumb because I was playing soccer at the time and my team was losing. What they didn't know was that breathing deeply helps relax you and makes you smarter. Breathing deeply fills your blood with oxygen, and that oxygen goes to your brain and muscles and makes them work better. Trust me, my team needed to work better right about then. So there I was, breathing deeply, when the ball comes flying out of the sky and hits me right on the head. That made me so embarrassed, I went over and kicked it as hard as I could. That ball flew down to the end of the field and bounced right into the net. Goal! Now, I'm not saying that breathing deeply will help your soccer game, but it will reduce your stress and make your organs healthier. My health teacher said it can even reduce your blood pressure, which I really needed at that time. You see, when I got embarrassed and kicked the ball, I kind of kicked it in the wrong direction and it went right into my own net. Yep, that's right. I scored a goal for the other team. They were very happy and congratulated me. My team wasn't so thrilled. What did I learn today? Breathing deeply is good, but if a ball hits you on the head and makes you embarrassed, don't kick it. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
people. and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 10, Grandma's Story. Come here, children, Grandma Adams said, reaching out from her bed. Dee Dee and Jenny approached Grandma Adams slowly. Dee Dee's hair was full of cobwebs, and Jenny was black from head to foot from coal dust. Have you been having fun exploring this old house? Grandma asked. She chuckled and brushed the cobwebs from Dee Dee's hair. Dee Dee grinned and nodded. This house doesn't give up its secrets easily, but we learned a thing or two about it. Such as, Grandma raised one eyebrow. We found your diary, Jenny said. I hope you don't mind us looking at it. Diary, Grandma said. I don't remember having a... Ah, yes, she smiled slowly, remembering. That was a really long time ago. We were trying to find out the truth about Captain Morgan, Dee Dee said. And did you, Grandma asked. Dee Dee told Grandma about finding the hidden passageway and following it to Captain Morgan's room. And we found your initials and those of others in the passageway, Jenny said. Those other initials were there a long time before you were born, said Grandma. The man who owned the boarding house before my daddy, Hanson, I think his name was, used it to hide runaway slaves before the war between the states. That's the Civil War, I think you call it. Dee Dee nudged Jenny. I told you. Is that how your daddy snuck Captain Morgan in and out of the boarding house, Jenny asked? Grandma nodded. I would use that passageway to visit him every night. That is, until he left us that night in August. Oh, you mean the night he was killed, Dee Dee said? Killed? Goodness, no, Grandma laughed. My daddy would come in and read to him from the Bible every night. And every night after daddy left, Captain Morgan would ask me about what daddy had read. One night we were talking about John, chapter 3, where Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born again. I was explaining it to Captain Morgan when he up and let out a wail. I thought he hurt himself, but then he started crying. I asked him what was the matter. Abigail, he said to me, I am not the man I need to be. Those words cut through me like a sword. Dee Dee looked at Jenny. The sword of the spirit, Dee Dee said. Now I know what Mrs. Shue meant. That's how the Bible is like a sword. Captain Morgan decided right then and there to give himself over entirely to Jesus, Grandma continued. We went downstairs and woke Daddy up. Daddy and two of his deacons took Captain Morgan down to the river. And drowned him, Jenny asked weakly. No, baptized him, child. They put that mean old man under the water and his meanness just washed on down to the ocean. The man who came up out of the water belonged to Jesus. That's what you meant when you said that he was with Jesus, Dee Dee said. But what happened to him after that? I found his trunk up in the attic. And I found Henry down in the base uh, cellar, Jenny said. Grandma laughed. Oh, Henry, how I loved that car. Captain Morgan left that night and headed back to Mississippi to do what he could for that family he had hurt so badly years before. He said he was a new man and he didn't want anything to do with the things that belonged to the old man, the mean old man that was washed down the river. So in a sense... The old Captain Morgan was washed away down the river, Dee Dee said. Grandma nodded. Captain Morgan didn't have any money to pay Daddy for putting him up and taking care of him for so long. So when he left, he gave Daddy his brand new Model T Ford. In those days, if a black man was seen with something as nice as a new car, he would be beaten or worse. 
Daddy and his deacons moved the car into the cellar to protect it and to hide it. He never got around to taking it out. Grandma leaned back in her bed and sighed. I really loved that car. Dee Dee looked at her grandmother, then at Jenny. There's one more mystery that hasn't been solved. What happened to the family Bible? Jenny winked. Ask your brother. Everyone turned and looked at Marcus, who stood in the doorway. Marcus got red and shook his head. Why is everyone looking at me, he asked. Jenny grinned. You left for your errand, then came back and took the Bible when Dee Dee and I walked out to the car. What are you talking about, Marcus answered, trying to look innocent. Then you took it down to the cellar. I mean, basement, Jenny said. I what? And you did something to it down there, Jenny said. Marcus looked at Jenny, then Dee Dee, then his mother and grandmother. Tell the truth, Marcus, Mrs. Adams said. Marcus paused, then exhaled loudly. All right, you caught me. Dee Dee, Jenny, you two detectives are too smart for your own good. He stepped out of the room into the hallway. After a minute, he came back with something in his hands. It was a wooden box that had been trimmed in copper foil. Marcus carried it over to Grandma and held it as if it were a treasure. As Grandma looked at it, sure enough, on the cover it said, Family Treasure in Copper. Grandma took the box from Marcus and held it in her lap. She opened it carefully. Inside was the family Bible. Everyone was so worried about it getting damaged, Marcus said quietly. I wanted to do something to protect it. I wanted it to be a surprise. Grandma Adams looked down at the Bible, then up at Marcus. You're a jewel, Marcus, she said, cupping her hands around his face and kissing him. Imagine that, Jenny said to Dee Dee. What? Dee Dee asked. Swords are used to protect people, she said. Marcus found a way to protect this sword. After all the Bible has done for my family, don't you think it deserves a little protection? Dee Dee answered. Jenny smiled. You're right. I'm so glad you invited me to stay here with you, Dee Dee. This has been about the most interesting weekend of my life. You don't think there are any more mysteries in this house, do you? Dee Dee didn't answer. She turned and looked at her grandmother. Grandma Adams just smiled. I don't suppose you two have learned everything about this house yet? Now Dee Dee smiled as she turned to Jenny. Here we go again. The story you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 7, The Clue in the Secret Passage, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. The children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.